On this show, we cover the fundamentals. Be visionary, get focused, work hard, get gritty, always improve. And that's general advice. And those fundamentals are lifelong beacons. And you should seek to study and perfect your ability to live those values every day. But how do you actually achieve stuff? That's this week on the Fuse Chamber Podcast. You're listening to the Fuse Chamber Podcast, where you get the elite mindsets and skills to ignite your voice and build your audience. I'm your host, Chris Williams, and I want to help you live the life you really want. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Thank you for joining. Thanks to all our new listeners from around the world. It's great to have you here. How do you get good at stuff? How do you actually achieve things? We don't want to talk philosophy. We want to talk practical. Well, first, let's remember why we're here. To create the next generation of leaders in arts, business, and community. To create an elite tribe of powerful, successful professionals who redefine how artists and entrepreneurs can do what they really want to do with their lives, full of passion and without compromise. I'll show you who you have to become in order to win. And I'll be here to inspire you each and every week so that you stay inspired and stay driven. This investment of 15 minutes a week will create habits that forever change your life and career. Most people understand goals in a very abstract way. Ambitions, things you want to do. I want to be famous. I want to start my own fashion line. I want to clean the fridge Those are all goals, but there's problems with each of them. The first one, I want to be famous, describes an end state, which is great, but it doesn't really describe a compelling why. And remember that without a compelling reason, vision and service mindset, there'll be nothing in the universe that's on your side when you encounter competition and obstacles. Now, the next one, I want to run my own fashion line, is a bit more specific but it still doesn't address the why, and it also lacks a plan. A plan is a form of goal, too. It's a smaller set of micro-goals that get you closer step-by-step to your target, and that's really a key component. You need to be able to break big, complex, lofty goals into smaller goals if you want to avoid overwhelm, if you want to stay in the fight and avoid quitting, and that's obviously really important, too. The last goal, I want to clean the fridge, seems really reasonable because it's smaller and it's achievable in a day or less. So it barely needs a plan. You just go in the fridge, you start cleaning, and you're done when you're done. But it also lacks a why. And the worst part is the why is really boring. This is one of those duties. This is one of those things that you have to do. So it not only doesn't have a deadline built into it, but it's neither exciting nor is it enriching. It's just a to-do. But all three of these are examples of goals that you might have experience with making, but not achieving. Am I right? Have you had big goals like, I want to be famous? Have you had a big goal like, I want to run my own company, I want to write a book? And then you've got other goals that are just the have-to-dos. And even though they are have-to-dos, they're still really important. And if you neglect them, they pile up and they cause pain for you. 
So when you don't do any of those three, they get delayed, they get put off, they get excused away, you find yourself no closer to being where you want to be in life year in and year out. Now, I don't believe in systems or acronyms. Anything that gets you to move your butt and achieve things is already built into your DNA. So I'm not sharing with you anything that you don't already have within you. You just need to be able to tap into it. So this is not a special invention or a method you have to buy. There's no need to try to back this up with science. Just look at the goals that you already set and do achieve with zero problems. Let me explain. Take three examples. I'm going to skip going to work or doing my homework, and I'm just going to flake at home and catch up on Netflix. That's example number one. You've all set that goal. You set it really quickly. You executed it with perfection. I'm going to prove to that guy on Facebook what an idiot he is. Do you ever do that? Again, did you need a plan? Did you procrastinate? Did you delay? Probably not. No matter what, I'm going to buy that LV bag. You ever set a goal like that to buy something or have something? And did you succeed? You probably have, and you probably had very little difficulty achieving it. Why? Why are those goals so much different than I want to start my own fashion line or I want to clean the fridge? Number one, you have a compelling reason to do all of those. Avoiding work, for example, allows you to be lazy and hedonistic, allows you to avoid your fears around work, deadlines, or a boss you don't like, and then outsmarting a Facebook troll validates your intelligence, your worth. It soothes the ego. And having that expensive bag makes you feel socially important and able to indulge. So you have strong biological and emotional reasons for achieving all three of those goals. Are they good reasons? Well, that's another story. Now let's also look at, were these goals easy to accomplish? Maybe that's why you were able to accomplish all three. Probably not. It takes effort to lie to the boss Recover from the time that you lost by taking off a whole day. It takes resourcefulness to plan your intellectual battle with the internet troll. And it takes effort to earn and save money or haggle with the shop guy so you can afford that luxury bag. So all of these goals are pretty competitive and probably had some risk and very aggressive timelines associated with them. What about the plan? Did these things have a plan of attack? You probably had a picture in your head, didn't you? of what success was going to look like, and quickly came up with a plan for what to do first, what to do in an hour, and what to do tomorrow to make your picture of the world, your goal, come true. So with the internet troll, first I'm going to say this, then I'm going to say that, and hopefully he's going to say this, and I'm going to respond like that. With the LV bag, you might have planned to sell some stuff. You might have figured out that if you got a part-time job starting next Monday, and you're able to work 10 hours a week, you can make an extra 300 bucks a month, and then in four months, you'd be able to afford the bag, right? So a real quick scratch plan that you're able to come up with in your head that required no special tools or skills to plan. So here's what we can learn from the differences between the goals that you achieve and the goals that you fail to achieve. Number one, an emotionally strong reason to do things is really, really powerful. Number two, Having a picture of what success or what done looks like is also very important. You have to be able to keep that in your mind or physically in your presence so that you're constantly inspired. Number three, set impossible goals sometimes, things that are very, very far from your reach, because you'll be really impressed with what you're capable of. Number four, remember, you have to be able to break big goals into small goals. Number five, 
you have to be able to plan out those small goals into a very rough set of priorities, tasks, and deadlines. Number six, you have to execute and check your progress once in a while to see if you're on course or off course and if you have to make any adjustments. And number seven, be hard on yourself, except in one area, failure. It's okay to allow yourself to fail. You don't want to fear failure. You don't want to fail and then give up. But in everything else, I want you to be ruthless on yourself because the only way you got that LV bag, the only way you create a polished and compelling argument for your internet troll buddy is if you attack it with passion, relentless, never stop, never quit, 100% energy until it's done, done, done. I want you to pursue the other goals like cleaning the fridge with the exact same kind of urgency and passion. Because now we've established that you know how to set goals and you know how to accomplish them. So we've done this before. But all of those goals, as we mentioned, had compelling reasons built into them. So what about cleaning the fridge? Because that job just sucks. And I will never be emotionally charged up about cleaning the fridge. Well, that's true. And there are a lot of jobs that suck. Crappy, ugly, boring, long, sweaty, gross jobs. Now, is there a way to configure goals so that I don't procrastinate or avoid sucky jobs like that? Yes. Now, it could be different for you. But for me, all I have to do is remind myself that I want to be known as a person who has all parts of their life under control, including thriving under fire and embracing the suck, being resilient, doing the crappy jobs. So the jobs I hate doing are the true test of my ability to conquer what 98% of the population can't conquer. So I then welcome, embrace, and look for opportunities to find more crappy, sucky work because they make me better. That's my compelling reason right there. I also want to get better at having a reliably clean, neat space to live in because I think clutter makes for a more peaceful home. I also think people look on you differently if you have a cluttered home with junk strewn everywhere. So I've got more compelling reasons. And finally, as a bonus, it happens to be the case for me that when I'm working on those sucky jobs, if those jobs are brainless, I have super creative time. Like that's when I can sit there and think up podcast ideas, book ideas, business ideas, whatever. All right. Well, if I'm emotionally lit up about something, say writing a book, why do I keep procrastinating then? It's simple. Because there's somewhere deep down is a part of you that does not want to put that book out there for one of two reasons. Either you're afraid that you'll fail and suffer shame and despair as a result, or you'll be really successful at it. And then that will require even more work that you're afraid of doing. Press, dealing with critics, marketing, traveling, and so on. If you really, really, really want to write a book and be a successful writer, you're going to have to face that demon. Look him straight in the eye and deal with it. Figure out which is it. Are you afraid of failure? Are you afraid of success? Or a bit of both. And then you're going to have to decide which thing is greater, your desire for fulfillment and going to your grave saying, I dreamt that I could write a book and I did it. Or the fear of being successful or facing your own failure. So which one do you want to win? Okay, so we've established that you do have experience setting and achieving goals. And the only difference between the goals that you set and achieve versus the ones that you set and don't achieve are the reasons and emotions that you associate with those goals. So let's get into the details. 
How should I set goals? Number one, once again, know your why. Find your reason. Find the one that gets you completely fired up. This is what I call your because. Number two, have a picture of the future with a timestamp on it. What will the world look like when you've met your goal and when do you think that will be? Now, once you've done that for your overall goal, whether that's writing a book, whether that's something like cleaning the fridge, whether it's starting your own business, now you have to break that big goal into smaller pieces. Think quarter, month, week, day, hour. Really depends on the size of the task, obviously, right? And then just repeat number one and two, find your why or find your because. And then what does finished look like? And when do I think I'll be done? Repeat those steps until you have an action plan with little micro deadlines that you can progress through and check on. And in step four, you just execute and check those items off your list as you go. The fifth component is inspecting your ability to set and meet targets and then commit to getting a little better at it every time. Now listen, don't let the fact that you suck at making plans stop you from making plans. We all suck at making plans. So you can't use the fact that you're not a planner or a project manager as an excuse. Listen, how long will it take you to walk to your mailbox? Maybe 30 seconds? Now, how far off of your estimate are you likely to be? Maybe 10 seconds? Okay. How long will it take you to walk to New York City? I don't know, a week. How likely are you to be off on that estimate? Very likely. By how much? I don't know. It could end up being a month. It could be two months. I don't know. Well, why do we suck at the second kind of planning and goal setting and estimating, but we're really good at the first kind? Well, obviously, because the second goal is much, much, much further away. It's a much bigger task, and you've never done it before. Now, once you've walked to New York City once, you'd be much better at planning that walk, or even big walks in general, in the future. So listen, none of us are good at predicting the future and estimating the size, duration, or intensity of things that we've never done before. So if we're going to be that bad at estimating, you might as well do it quickly and be done with it. And the only way to estimate better is to execute, measure, and then do better next time. So let's put this into real terms. Let's say you want to write a book. Start with steps one and two at the big goal level. Find your why. For me, maybe it's because I think I'm a great storyteller. And it's my dream to change the world with my words and my creations. That's a great reason. That's a great because. Then number two, what does the world look like when you're done? And when do you think that'll be? So let's say in 12 weeks, I'll be hitting the publish button on my ebook. I can see it. And it'll have the coolest cover. It'll have at least like 20 chapters, be 300 pages long. And when it comes out, people are going to build communities and conversations around my storylines and characters. That's how I see the future. So your first goal is at the end of 12 weeks, I'll have published an ebook and created an online community set up for my fans because my dream is to change the world with my words. That's a great goal. Cool. Now, repeat steps one and two at the micro level. So break that big task into smaller tasks. And note, when you set goals, make sure that those goals reflect the language of done things, not things you're working on, but things you finished. If something is really, really big, keep breaking it into smaller done things until it fits into your goals timeframe. 
you can start by just listing sub goals and prioritizing them. Let me give you an example. 12 weeks to write a book. Let's say the first thing you want to do is brainstorm and arrive at a title. Number two, find someone to design the cover. Number three, write 30 pages a week so that you can hit 300 pages in 12 weeks. Number four, learn all about self-publishing your books on Kindle. Now, take each of these goals and repeat the what, when, and because steps with them. So by the end of week one, I'll have at least three cool title ideas because a cool title is crucial to building a community and attracting the number of readers that I want. You get it? So that's got the what am I doing, when will it be done by, and why am I doing it? Great. Now this is something you can actually check your progress on because it's put in done terms, not doing terms. It has a measurable outcome and a target date. If instead you make sub-goals like, I want to think about a title, that's a really bad task or goal because it's never done. The clock never runs out on it. Do you see the difference? Now, if you have to, if it's still really big, like a week, a lot of time can pass with you having done nothing. So if you want to keep yourself honest, break it into smaller pieces. What will you do today? What will you do in the next 20 minutes? In the next 20 minutes, I'll write as many titles as I can think of and store them in the cloud because the best way to have great ideas is to have lots of ideas. And this will help me develop a great creative habit as well. Awesome goal. Next, you set goals for your next priority. You just achieve your goals in whatever order is most important to you. So take your next priority goal. Maybe it's finding a cover designer. Let's say that's the next most important thing to do. Start working on it. The sub goals can be set up an account on an online job board by noon today. Write the ad copy by 2 p.m. Figure out what the best time of day to post a job is for maximum exposure. Let's say it's 9.15 a.m. And then the next day at 9.15, you post it. That's your plan. Then you could set goals for answering inquiries, questions, and applications, filtering those applications, getting to a final, let's say, three candidates, maybe asking to see a portfolio, and then hiring, writing contracts, sorting out payment. Those are all the sub-goals that will get you to done. You have someone to design your cover, hired, locked, and loaded. And then what? Well, guys, the cool thing about achieving a goal, whether it's the one-hour variety or the 12-week variety, is that it creates a thirst for achieving goals. And then you're hooked. So on to the next task, the next goal, the next milestone, and then the next book or dream or mission. Folks, thanks for listening. You can reach out at FuseChamber.com or find me on Twitter at FuseChamber. Come in for some more insight and coaching next week.